0: This podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 14 of season 2 of This Osteopathic Life. Today's topic is the concept of pivot. And this has come up for me multiple times over the years, but particularly in this past week, or week to 10 days, I should say, as I've been participating in the Leverage and Growth Summit, which has been an online gathering, educational event, networking opportunity, learning moment, hearing and seeing from physicians in all different specialties, who have engaged in various experiences using their skills and knowledge in new and creative ways in various industries. And it's been very inspiring to hear their stories, to see what's possible, to consider new angles, and also to participate in the community with the participants and hear from them similar stories, and also shared engagement and encouragement, ideas being tossed around, feedback being given. It's truly been a remarkably innovative and inspiring event. And a concept that has come up from many of the participants and many of the speakers and leaders is the idea of pivoting. And I'll come to it in the concept how they referenced but also as that word kind of sat with me as I considered it I hear it in many different ways and I hear it in the osteopathic concept particularly in the practice of osteopathic medicine and manipulative treatment in the cranial field and I also happened over this weekend to participate in the osteopathic cranial academy's virtual conference and that brought this concept to the forefront in a new light and as you've found in previous episodes i'm fascinated by these opportunities for simple words or phrases to carry so much possibility so many different interpretations and definitions and vantage points and i'd like to explore these today and also explore how this osteopathic life is approaching a pivot and the opportunity to shift engagement is presenting itself, and how these episodes will begin to change going forward to offer tangibility and new perspectives, how the programs through the website are evolving as I gain clarity on the best way to serve and promote the osteopathic concept, as I've stated, as the core purpose, mission, and vision of this osteopathic life, and to see with you what might be arising during this time, how you might be changing perspective, and approach, and engagement. And so as we begin, I offer some varied definitions of that word pivot. One is simply the central point on which a mechanism turns or oscillates. And thinking about that, as I said, in the cranial mechanism, and we see areas where there are points about which Movement happens and we can focus there is key areas for treatment key areas for examination cues into the health of the system for how the quality is perceived in those regions another is anything or person on which something or someone functions or depends vitally And similar, combining those two in a way, a fixed point supporting something which turns or balances, or a person or thing on which someone else depends. And I think about what it can mean to be the pivot, to be that point. And if we examine in our lives where we might be that, we are the pivot you know, what is depending on us, what is able to move about because we serve as this fixed point and this groundedness? I think about that idea of balance you know when we are holding steady and firm and like a seesaw, you know the traditional seesaw on the playground for children or teeter totter, depending on your terminology. know, where that balance point is and when the load is equal on both sides or is aligned according to the lever system, most appropriately to allow for balance, what are the situations where that pivot is us? Or at least we perceive or others perceive us to be the pivot for them. And how does that feel? You know, what does that mean for us to serve in that key role to be asked to hold steady, to be a reference point, to be solid and fixed? You can also ask where we are expecting that from others in our lives and knowing on whom we depend as a pivot and what that means, what level of pressure that puts on a particular situation or a particular person to require you know, that they remain steadfast and strong in place so we can move about them and find balance and allow for rotation and a shift and change of perspective. That segues into another option for definition of the central or most important person or thing in a situation. And that one feels very heavy, very weighted, very high expectation. If that pivot, whether that be you, as we just examined in those considerations, or whomever it is that you seek is your pivot about which you balance in turn, to be central or most important and considering what it means when that's external to us, right? And often it has to be, you know, if you think about those mechanical situations, the pivot is a separate point from that, which is balancing upon it or around it, but are there situations in which it can be integral? And as we think about Health, and we think about that movement about the ability to rotate, the ability to fluctuate and to find balance about the health. So, can health be that pivot point? And can we see it from a broader, more whole perspective? What can it mean when we engage with patients as physicians if that perspective is shifted to the physician or the procedure or the medication or any particular treatment as the central and most important thing in a situation? You can see how that can shift the capacity for movement of health and puts a lot of pressure on, removes a lot of control from the person themselves, and if we can help change perspective to see the capacity for that central and most important person or thing in a situation to be within, to be internal, to be integral, to be completely integrated with the whole, how can that shift the capacity in the vantage point, in the view of health and wholeness? Shifting from that noun perspective of pivot to a more dynamic, the verb definition, an opportunity to consider for pivot is to change your opinions, statements, decisions, so that they are different from what they were before. And I think about this with osteopathic medicine in its origins, how it began as a perspective shift from what was before, you know, from the practice of medicine and the way it was on the frontier, to this new concept and synergy of principles, challenging the norm, you know, shifting from what was before. And that continued call to action in osteopathic medicine to do that, to be willing to evolve, adapt, progress, grow, shift, change the practice of medicine perhaps to different from what it was before holding some of those key core root principles but acknowledging the need for the capacity to grow and shift and change as bodies of knowledge do so as human form and social interaction do And that we're called to be nimble and adaptable and able to pivot and to shift. And so what can it mean to have both that fixed key core stable point about which we can move and flux and balance and to be able to be fluid and adaptable? And I wrote about this in an article few years ago regarding the idea of fulcrum in which we can see is similar to the idea of pivot and a concept that we find often in osteopathic medicine and that it can be within that it can be external that we can be both the fixed point and the change and as I investigated pivot it was fascinating to find, as I have in many of these most recent titles of the podcasts, practices in osteopathic medicine, both in and outside of the United States, regarding and utilizing the names. And we saw that with Still Point in multiple iterations, and there was Pivot as one a practice in Australia, and they con accepted it as the thing around which something turns, you know, the reason for that being the name and they share this as their aim and I'll share their link because I think it's a fascinating practice and concept We think it's really important that you play a central and active role in formulating your care plan. We'll work closely with you to make sure that you understand how and why we make our recommendations so that you can make the most informed decision possible Our view is comprehensive and long term meaning that we not only treat the acute condition place an emphasis on educating you on how to reduce your potential for problems in the future. Our aim is not to keep you coming back forever, but to educate you on how best to manage your condition so that you may not only survive, but learn to thrive. And I note three ways in which the pivot can be used. You know, treatment can pivot about, therapies can be pivoted, the condition can shift. And I think it does a nice job of encompassing the osteopathic concept. Another group in British Columbia, so again, non physician osteopaths, but are practicing utilizing the osteopathic concept, talks about the pivot points in the cranial mechanism. And I alluded to those briefly with that first definition of pivot, and I'll expand on them here, honoring that experience I had over the weekend in the cranial course. And I'll put a link to this practice as well, crediting them for their words. They talk about speeding up the healing process and the application of osteopathic manipulation in the cranial field to the cranial bones and dura and fluid and the mechanism related there, noting that you can make improvements to some heads but fail to notice change in others. Or the improvement can take a very, very long time. By improving the mobility at the pivots, you will increase the motility more rapidly than by doing many other maneuvers. What are pivots? There are certain areas in the cranium that are extra special. These areas are where there are bevel changes between the bones, and we call them pivots. When the sutures become gummy and sticky, there is less compliance through the head. Unlocking these pivots allows the bones to express themselves, and you will feel more motion under your hands. Note some examples of the pivots the coronal pivot between the frontal and parietal on both sides of the head, the occipital mastoid suture behind the ear, if you're thinking about that, between the occiput and temporal bones, the sphenosquamous pivot between the greater wing of the sphenoid and the temporal bone, the hinge mastoid pivot between the parietal and temporal bones. I'm getting into some anatomy there. I'm happy to post some pictures for visualization. But if we want to expand this concept, you know, beyond the physical, and certainly this is a great illustration, thinking about those relationships, those junctions, that interdigitation of the sutures in the head, and how if there's freedom there, if there's space, you know there is more room and capacity for movement. And I love this example of gummy or sticky. And thinking about in our lives, as we thought about those relationships where we might serve as the pivot, we look to someone else for that pivot, where we experience it internally and externally. What happens when it gets gummy or sticky? And there's not that freedom of movement. When we become so encompassed in how it has been, how it is, how it should be, even that one can be so powerful. We become locked down. You know, we lose our adaptation capacity our ability to move and rotate freely to shift enough to be able to find that balance. Maybe when the load on one side of that seesaw has been increased and we need to be able to move it farther in or farther out from that center point, from that pivot in order to find balance. And if there's that gumminess stickiness, if we're so bogged down in what a lot of times really turns out to be our perceptions and our thoughts, can we see how it impacts the capacity to find balance and to shift and rotate and change our perspective, oftentimes when it's most needed? And so examining in our lives the health of those pivot points, of those relationships, of those engagements, and maybe the weakening, you know when we've lost that structural integrity to hold the weight of the load to bear the shifting in such a way that allows for adaptation and in what ways we can provide some release or relief how can we provide some disengagement if there's a whole lot of compression in those relationships around that pivot you know what can we do to serve in a more thoughtful way and encourage motion in fluidity and the capacity to embrace and adapt to change expanding as i said from that first summit that i have experienced and their opportunities to continue to participate because as it presented all of these learnings opportunities awareness of physicians it recognized and adapted to the feedback from the participants that something more was needed. Something was being called for by the participants to continue the energy and enthusiasm and engagement beyond just this acute phase, you know, 11 day experience to continue the growth in learning and leveraging and networking And so a new program has been created. And I can put the link to that in the show notes as well. And recognizing, as I've said in the call to osteopathic medicine, to listen, to listen for the needs of the health of our patients, of the wider population, of different professions, of our own profession, of institutions, of the practice of medicine and of learning and beyond And to be able to adapt and serve to that, to turn quickly about our pivot point, or to be that point to allow for greater range and evolution of an idea or concept. So, to think about pivoting in business and shifting, recognizing that perhaps what's happening now isn't sustainable, perhaps it needs to temporarily change. Perhaps the lesson has been presented to allow for modification. Maybe on a micro level, minor, fine-tuning details. You know, the string instrument player. Sometimes we just use the fine-tuners. And sometimes we use the pegs when a big shift in sound has been made or the attention has been left away for too long. And the out-of-tune is so great that it needs a much more significant influence. And so what can pivoting mean from a business perspective? And pivoting can seem like sometimes a failure or an abandonment. And as I mentioned, as I look at shifting, pivoting, the work of this osteopathic life, it can be hard sometimes to let go of what seem like such key elements. But recognizing where you can still hold core values and principles and mission and vision and let go of those pieces which are no longer as effectively serving those in a practical way and embrace and adapt to that which really can make the most difference and have a great influence on the health of a system. So I found it useful in this article, and I'll post the link in the show notes, that pivoting doesn't necessarily mean desperation. It can be a tool to discover additional growth, growth you might otherwise have overlooked. Businesses can grow beyond their initial dreams by reimagining their assets and talents, thinking more broadly about the customer problems they solve, and accessing growth capital to seize the new high ground. And this statement is fascinating for me on multiple levels. And one is just sometimes the challenge of thinking about business when we're talking about the practice of medicine and the idea it brings of service and of patient care. But we do need to think sustainably. And that's been called to the forefront multiple times during this pandemic as we see how practices and hospital systems have been influenced and impacted and how that's affected patient care. And there will always be, in our current world, an influence of the bottom line on the financial aspect, on the delivery of care. And the end of this statement, to seize the new high ground, really speaks to me as an osteopathic health policy fellow. And this past week, I also was able to reconvene with my classmates and directors in that program, which was really helpful and encouraging required a pivot we moved to digital which has always been somewhat vehemently opposed in order to build those in-person relationships and allow for engagement in different locations but you know we could either choose not to meet because that was a key and core principle of the program or we could recognize that the meeting regardless of the medium was more important than those specific factors and so we adapted we pivoted and we joined in an online meeting which is a tangent but the high ground is a key and core principle in any health policy fellowship and the high ground is always the patient you know how are we helping and serving the patient and recognizing that elements of fiscal responsibility financial sustainability and the business components come into play And thinking that we can say, instead of businesses, medicine can grow beyond the initial dream by reimagining assets and talents, and I hope that means we're thinking about the human talents, you know, those human resources as key, first and foremost, from physicians to mid-level staff, to ancillary staff, to other health professionals, you know, to the administration and how it's best integrated, to those who care for everything in the building where health care is delivered you know, to the policy level and those who are making these concepts mandatory and funded and applied. Thinking more broadly about the customer problems they solve when we switch customer to patient. Thinking more broadly about the patient problems they solve and even more broadly to health. Thinking more broadly about the health problems they solve and accessing growth capital to seize the new high ground. And thinking what capital can mean, and where it can be sourced, and how it can be distributed. There's so many opportunities in this time to really shift perspective, to see what hasn't been working in the past, and to honor what has, and what parts we want to keep, which parts we want to eliminate, which ones we want to modify, and how we're pivoting both our perspectives and our practices. All right, so there's the thinking and there's the doing. And between those two, between the thinking and the doing, is the feeling and knowing what feeling we need to generate the action we desire and that that feeling comes from a thought. Putting intention across all of that allows us to do really important and meaningful work and create the result we want, create the result that serves the highest ground in the best possible way, really regardless of any circumstance, pandemic or not, employed physician or self-employed physician, you know, insurance based or not, whatever patient population is our key and critical, if we think about growing by examining the assets we have, the talents we have, those we need, thinking more broadly about the problem we're solving, and if that's impacts and impediments to the fullest expression of health, and then recognizing the opportunities for capital, whether that's financial or relationship or resource driven. Leading us to the highest ground of best care of patients, best care of ourselves, best care of systems. There's so much power there in the idea of pivoting during this time. Some ways and some questions we can ask to get more specific on that are what do we do, whether based on talent, technology, or culture, that is distinctly valuable and defensible? And might be extended to other needs. And I just completed a lecture that will be presented for the Michigan Osteopathic Association online spring conference. Again, an example of what has been pivoted during this time to adapt to the current circumstances. You know, we could not have the conference at all because in person is seen as more valuable, or we can shift and offer an online medium to encourage engagement even during a time of physical limitations. And I talked about the osteopathic approach and its value and its distinctiveness. And the questions asked there can be applied in any situation. What do you do based on your talent, technology, or culture that is distinctly valuable and defensible? It might be extended to other needs. So seeing the value that you bring and recognizing that it can be applied across any arena to any person and seeing the opportunity there and that came up a lot during this summit seeing the value these physicians had in their original arena of healthcare delivery and being able to expand it into un- other professions and systems and businesses and industries in new and creative ways how can our customer interactions be made more lasting and valuable are there recurring revenue services and products that extend beyond the initial sale Again, not necessarily wanting to think about that sale concept in medicine, but a slight shift in the words. How can our interactions, and we can think about that as with patients, with ourselves, with our colleagues, with systems, be made more lasting and valuable? How can that influence go beyond the one on one treatment? How can you have a broader reach that maybe is limited by just those one on one interactions with patients? thinking about are there recurring revenue services and products that can extend beyond the initial sale? And are there ways in which we can engage with our patients beyond that one-on-one visit or engage with our systems, you know, in new and creative ways that aren't dependent just on those one-on-one moments, which are limited by the finite capacity of time and energy, you know, of those human resources. Thinking about embracing digital options, as I said, with all of these conferences for me, being limited in hands-on delivery of care, I've adapted into telemedicine you know, and seeing patients remotely, and the use of technological mediums, creating a YouTube channel of videos of exercises for patients, leveraging existing assets and resources, deepening loyalty with existing customers. Again, that can mean our patients or our colleagues or our relationships with ourselves and how we interact with health systems. Exploring the benefits of collaboration. As I said here in this summit, and for me, relationships with other physicians and creating these different lectures and learning opportunities. Trying and failing and trying again. Reflected often during the opportunities shared during the summit. And for me, I've tested many waters during this time of my clinic being closed. Some have been successful in a traditional way. They've just worked. They've gone forward. Others can be perceived as failure or a further success of giving important feedback. So ultimately, think about how you can embrace the pivot by focusing on what you can control, not being caught up in what you can't. Because we can always control our thoughts in any circumstance, and the feelings that our thoughts create, and the actions that we are able to take because of those feelings to generate the results that we want, or most importantly, that the world truly needs. And so during this time, I ask you, where are you the pivot? How can you pivot? What is being called for to all of us to really examine the opportunities, the needs, and seeing where we can realign our greatest gifts, talents, and assets to the needs that are being expressed in new and creative ways, drawing on what we've already done successfully, launching into what's possible, and discovering new and maybe truer engagement with the possibility for the health of all things. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.